The first verse in the very old hymn of the faith titled, It Is Well With My Soul, reads, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. How beautiful. When the redeemed walk in faith and obedience, Romans 8.28 is entirely true. All things are working together for our good, especially the ugly and sorrowful things. I must daily apply 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God has taught us to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And yes, even more so in times of trouble, and trouble will come. But be of good cheer, saints. God will not be absent. Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Have you yet to be born again? John 3.3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again means born an ever real second time, this time of the Spirit of God. For you, at born again, everything changes in a moment. Instantly, all your sin and its shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. In a single moment, all of Satan's deadly bondages will be broken. Instantly, your new name will be recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, Heaven's Book of Birth Certificates. Surely, Second Corinthians 5.17 is amazingly true. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Your soul is in your own hand. The decision you make today is of eternal stuff. In a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, the Holy Ghost move will be on for the re reconciliation of your doomed soul. Today, you will become a new and cherished child of God. Here comes the prompt. Click on to further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said Psalms 138 verses 1 and 2. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God said, Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God said, Revelation thirteen fifteen through 18, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and caused that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Man said, God is a God of love. 
He knows how he made me, so he won't hold all my lust and filthy deeds against me. I'm just an animal, you know. Don't you feel comforted, my sinner friends? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1046, that will for the 1046th time certify the pure and perfect inerrancy of God's holy majority text Bible. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and to be used as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. This is the third and final feature in the short God Said, Man Said series titled 21 Signs of Doomsday, How the Whole Thing Works. The mother of all wars began in the Garden of Eden, and it was a war of words. This war ends at Armageddon. How it all works is so childlike simple, and our own little baby faith is all we need to understand the mystery of words. The Holy Scriptures tells us that God spoke all that you see and can't see into existence with His words. If there is any truth to this statement, there should be proof everywhere, and there is. It's directly in front of you as you review this feature. From words displayed on an instrument demonstrably made of words to your body receiving the message constructed by your DNA, which builds using a four-letter alphabet, crafting instructions and letters, sentences, punctuation marks, paragraphs, and volumes of books, an estimated one million pages of words that make up you. There is proof everywhere. Everything is words. It's so childlike simple. The review of features one and two that follow is a type of instant replay meant for those who have already visited these subjects. If you have yet to do so, please stop here and consider the information in those two earlier features. These powerful verses light the way. Psalms 33, 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. John 1, 1, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Revelation nineteen thirteen, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. John chapter 1, verse 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Every inerrant word and sentence in the Bible is a piece of God, and Satan is successfully changing the words from the very first verse of God's record in his holy Bible. Satan's purpose in this is to keep the lost sons and daughters of Adam lost. How successful has the devil been in word-changing quest? Consider a few examples of how he has convinced the carnal elite. One, that he, Satan, does not exist. Two, that there is no God. Three, that all of the earth, its magnificent life forms, and its uniquely balanced universe are all just the result of a big explosion out of virtually nothing. Number four, that something as elementary as gender identifiers, the male, female, boy, girl, should be challenged and changed. The following paragraphs are from part one 
of how the whole thing works. Everything was spoken into existence with words. Words are central to all life and even death itself. Yes, the scriptures are surely true. Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The invisible power and energy of God's words create matter. Stem cell biologist Dr. B.H. Lipton writes in his book, The Biology of Belief. No, there has not been a printing error, a printing mistake, excuse me. Atoms are made out of invisible energy, not tangible matter. So in our world, material substance, matter, appears out of thin air. Kind of weird when you think about it. Here you are holding this physical book in your hands. Yet if you were to focus on the book's material substance with an atomic microscope, you would see that you are holding nothing. Fortunately, leaders in the field, such as Johns Hopkins University physicist Richard Kahn Henry, are addressing the misperceptions about the perceived primacy of the material world. Henry offered an elegantly simple definition on the true nature of the universe. The universe is immaterial, mental, and spiritual. Live and enjoy. End of quotes. Gary E. Schwartz, Ph.D., is a professor of psychology, medicine, neurology, psychiatry, and surgery at the University of Arizona and director of its Laboratory for Advances in Consciousness and Health. He has published more than 400 scientific papers and co-edited 11 academic books, Dr. Schwartz quoted famed scientist G.L. Schroeder, Ph.D., in the G.O.D. experiments, and Schroeder says, Changing one's paradigm is not easy. Millennia passed before humankind discovered that energy is the basis of matter. It may take a few more years before we prove that wisdom and knowledge are the basis of and can actually create energy, which in turn creates matter, end of quote. Words, words, words. This is how the whole thing works. Everything we encounter is made of words. For Satan, his beast, and the false prophet to control the world, he needs to control the dialogue. The devil has been aggressively changing the words of God since Eden, and in these very last days the onslaught has been multiplied. Persecution.com distributes a Bible cover that carries this statement on it. This book is illegal in 53 countries. In smaller type, it reads, Restricted Areas 40, Hostile Areas 13. Soon, I predict, the Bible will be classified as hate speech in the USA. This is big truth, saints. Really a mystery of staggering outer-worldly proportion. God is the God of words, living words, information-laden words, creative and life-giving words. He is the Word. Now imagine, because He is the Word, every letter, every phrase, every sentence, and every verse and punctuation mark in your majority text, Holy Bible, is a piece of God. Try this example. Think of a very large jigsaw puzzle. The picture you need to construct will be the very image and likeness of God, including the account of how life began, how man fell, why we need a Redeemer, how to be redeemed, how to live a victorious life, and where we will spend eternity. All of this is within the picture. Now think of each piece of the puzzle as a sentence. 
Keep firmly in your mind that God is the inerrant living word. Pick any sentence from the box and lay it down on the empty board. Next, you'll look for a companion piece of the puzzle, another piece of God, another sentence, and then another after that, and another. And so the picture begins to form. If you've spent any time on God Said, Man Said, you're aware of our stand for the authorized King James Version of the Holy Bible. There are numerous features on this website that define the reason why. If you are not using the AKJV, visit the Witch Bible series. There is nothing more important than our copy of the Word of God, and Bible versions are certainly not all the same. Every sentence is a piece of God. This feature has the power to anchor your feet to the solid rock. End of quote. In feature two, you saw that it is Satan's desire to be like God. He knows he needs to control the dialogue, the words. The devil has harnessed the tongues of many of the world's theologians and religious leaders who carry the devil's water, continually attempting to undermine the inerrant truth of God's word. Satan knows that where there is doubt, the mountain won't move. Today, Satan's historians are rewriting the original record. Christ and his champions must be discredited. Several examples of these revisions follow. One, there has been a concentrated effort in the last few decades to change the way dates are written, removing the B.C. before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domini, meaning the year of our Lord, and replacing these identifiers with B.C.E., before the Common Era, and C.E., Common Era. Christ's name must be expunged. Number two, Christopher Columbus, whose first name means Christ-bearer openly confessed Jesus Christ and publicly stated his inspiration for the voyage that led to the discovery of the Western Hemisphere was the biblical book of Isaiah. Columbus has been reduced to a marauding brigand. His monuments of honor are being torn down. The words of social interaction and of history are being changed. America was discovered, colonized, and built upon words, God's words. From Is America a Christian Nation, Part 1, you'll find the following. King James VI of Scotland, who was also King James I of England, and the King James of the King James Bible, was the founding monarch of the United States. During his reign, the first successful colonies in America were established. The king himself authorized and wrote the charter to settle the colony of Virginia, the charter was titled the Evangelistic Grant Charter. Part of that charter was written in 1606 A.D., and it follows. To make habitation and to deduce a colony of sundry of our people into that part of America, commonly called Virginia, in propagating of Christian religion to such people as yet live in darkness to bring a settled and quiet government, end of quote. Please note, most of the historic quotes in this feature are from David Limbaugh's 416-page book, Persecution, and from the Christian Defense Fund's small but powerful 77-page book, One Nation Under God. Number four. Were the Americas founded on the Word of God? In the last 60 years or so, the pilgrims and Thanksgiving have been subjected to the heavy hand of academic revisionists, God's champions of his words must be ruined. Number five, Satan's historians have taken aim at the founding father of the USA, George Washington. The cancel culture wants him canceled. 
One of the claims made by revisionists is that Mr. Washington was not a devout Christian at all, but simply a deist. Peter Marshall and David Manuel, in their history book, The Light and the Glory, weigh in with more on one of the most influential of America's founding fathers, George Washington. When he was about 20, George Washington filled 24 pages of a little manuscript book with some of the most beautiful prayers we have ever read. All of them were written out in his own hand, and he titled the little book, Daily Sacrifice. Their first entry was subtitled, Sunday Morning, and contained these words, Let my heart, therefore, gracious God, be so affected with the glory and majesty of thine honor, that I may not do mine own work, but wait on thee, and discharge those weighty duties which thou requires of me. And in the next entry, Sunday evening, are these words, O most glorious God, I acknowledge and confess my faults in the weak and imperfect performance of the duties of this day. I have called on thee for pardon and forgiveness of sins, but so coldly and carelessly that my prayers are become my sin and stand in need of pardon. I have heard thy word, but with such deadness of spirit that I have been an unprofitable and forgetful hearer. But God, who art rich in mercy and plenteous in redemption, mark not, I beseech thee, what I have done amiss. Remember that I am but dust, and remit my transgressions, negligences, and ignorances, and cover them all with the absolute obedience of thy dear Son, that those sacrifices of sin, praise, and thanksgiving which I have offered may be accepted by thee in and for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ offered upon the cross for me. End of quotes. Again from feature two. The devil's word-purging process, remember everything is made of words, has been making a constant attack against God's true word since Eden. In these last days leading up to Armageddon and the earth's doomsday, the relentless rewriting efforts of Satan's diabolical drive will reach a fevered pitch. The time of doomsday is truly before us. In the United States, as in much of the world, Jesus Christ has been driven out of the public education system. Under the United States Progressive Party, Jesus Christ is being driven out of government and public discourse. The U.S. Constitution's guarantee of freedom of speech is under assault. Censorship is in full form. Soon, the Bible will be known as hate speech in America. When the truth of God's word is replaced with Satan's words, confusion of face is the result. Our people will wander around in the wilderness asking such idiotic questions as, where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? Am I a boy or a girl or something else? What sport can I participate in? What bathroom should I use? We are already here. Expect worse. We have come to the great divide. Soon God will separate the sheep from the goats. The world is choosing sides. We are confronted with irreconcilable differences that only Jesus Christ can solve, but he is being expunged from the world's lexicon. Everything is a matter of words because everything is a product of God's words, and that's how the whole thing works. It is so childlike simple. Satan is deep in the words. Again, I predict the majority text Holy Bible will officially be deemed hate speech, end of quotes. 
Much of the government of this world does not permit free speech, but one would expect free speech, and specifically as in Christ's speech, would flourish in such democracies as England, Australia, or the United States. But that is simply not true. God said, man said, conducts a vigorous advertising campaign around the world, and we are consistently banned and canceled because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the words of God. We were forbidden entry onto England's radio airwaves, canceled from two of Sydney, Australia's largest radio stations, and banned from America's two largest national radio syndication networks, as well as sundry other media. Free speech does not really exist if Jesus Christ is the focus of the words. Satan's control of the dialogue is especially dominant in the world's scientific community. The testimony of the Creator is pervasive in all the scientific disciplines, but Christ's scientists and academics are banned from virtually all mainstream textbooks, from elementary school to the world's universities, as well as from their periodicals. One of evolution's leaders cautioned their people not to publicly debate creationists. Her position was that they, carnal scientists, would surely lose. Blue-collar America is not smart enough to comprehend their great wisdom. Someone is not smart enough, all right. Richard Lewontin, professor of biology and Alexander Agassiz, professor of zoology at Harvard University, is quoted in the book of Evolutionists Say the Oddest Things. Lewontin writes, Our willingness to accept scientific claims that are against common sense is the key to an understanding of the real struggle between science and the supernatural. We take the side of science in spite of its failure to fulfill many of its extravagant promises of health and life, in spite of the tolerance of the scientific community for unsubstantiated just-so stories, because we have a prior commitment, a commitment to materialism. It is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are forced by our a priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations, no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot to enter the door. Richard Halverson, editor of the Harvard Crimson, writes in his article, Confessions of a Skeptic, We are encouraged to learn nuances of evolutionary theory, like punctuated equilibrium and neo-Darwinism, but questioning the universal explanatory power of evolution is met with intellectual excommunication. Intellectual honesty requires rationally examining our fundamental premises, yet expressing hesitation about Darwin is considered irretrievable intellectual suicide, the unthinkable doubt, the unpardonable sin of academia. Professors expressing doubts about evolution are often ostracized, demoted, or fired. A Baylor University professor found research funds rescinded because his project would undermine evolutionary presuppositions. Other skeptical professors have resorted to using pseudonyms, fearing for their jobs and careers if they openly publish contrary evidence. 
Evolution skeptics are almost universally dismissed with an at-home in charge of religiously motivated propaganda. Yet science students and professors consistently fail to address the merits of critics' arguments. We must refuse to bow to our culture's false idols. Science will not benefit from canonizing Darwin or making evolution an article of secular faith. End of quote. Someone is controlling the words. Most of the world's education system does not permit creation science to be presented in the classroom alongside the theory of evolution. Creation words are forbidden. Politically correct speech removes words, thoughts that are deemed offensive to their stated and unstated goals. Words control the people of earth, and now that we are all connected digitally to nearly every human on the earth, the table is set for a world without borders and Satan's one-world government. Satan will use the world wide web to change God's foundational words of truth and literally harness the tongues of the earth. Everyone must think and speak the same way, and woe be to the dissenters. They will be classified as those who disturb the global peace, terrorists who cling to their religion, their guns, and their Bibles. This idea promoted by Antichrist politicians has been afoot for some time. Alan Bukhari, the graduate of Oxford, a 2020 Lincoln Fellow at the Claremont Institute for the Study of Statesmanship and Political Philosophy, and senior technology correspondent for Breitbart News, was featured in the January 2021 issue of Imprimus, a publication of Hillsdale College. Several excerpts concerning the digital world's focus on controlling the words follow. Today, big tech doesn't just mean control over online information. It means control over the news. It means control over commerce. It means control over politics. And how are the corporate tech giants using their control? Judging by the three biggest moves they have made since I wrote my book, the censoring of the New York Post in October when it published its blockbuster stories on Biden family corruption, the censorship and eventual banning from the web of President Trump, and a coordinated takedown of the upstart social media site Parler. What we do know is that big tech openly manipulates the content people see. We know, for example, that Google reduced the visibility of Breitbart news links in search results by 99% in 2020 compared to the same period in 2016. We know that after Google introduced an update last summer, clicks on Breitbart news stories from Google searches for Joe Biden went to zero and stayed at zero through the election. This didn't happen gradually, but in one fell swoop, as if Google flipped a switch. And this was discoverable through the use of Google's own traffic analysis tools, so it wasn't as if Google cared that we knew about it. Speaking of flipping switches, I have noted that President Trump was collectively banned by Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, and every other social media platform you can think of. But even before that, there was manipulation going on. Twitter, for instance, reduced engagement on the president's tweets by over 80%. Facebook deleted posts by the president for spreading so-called disinformation. How does big tech go about manipulating our thoughts and behavior? It begins with the fact that these tech companies strive to know everything about us, 
our likes and dislikes, the issues we're interested in, the websites we visit, the videos we watch, who we voted for, and our party affiliation. If you search for Hanukkah recipe, they'll know you're likely Jewish. If you're running down the Yankees, they'll figure out if you're a Red Sox fan. Even if your smartphone is turned off, they'll track your location. They know who you work for, who your friends are, where you're walking your dog, whether you go to church, when you're standing in line to vote, and on and on. As big tech constantly collects data about us, they run tests to see what information has an impact on us. Let's say that they put a negative news story about someone or something in front of us, and we don't click on it or read it. They keep at it until they find content that has the desired effect. The feedback loop constantly improves, and it does so in a way that's undetectable. As one of my Facebook sources told me in an interview for my book, we have thousands of people on the platform that have gone from far right to center in the past year. So we can build a model from those people and try to make everyone else on the right follow the same path. Let that sink in. They don't just want to control information or even voting behavior. They want to manipulate people's worldview. The World Wide Web was meant to liberate us. It is now doing the opposite. Big tech is increasingly in control. The most pressing question today is, how are we going to take control back? End of quotes. It is all an issue of words. That's it now. It's just words. The son of perdition, the last day's Antichrist, is spoken of by Daniel the prophet in chapter 8, verse 25. And through his policy also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. By peace he shall destroy many. A mark will soon be instituted that will be given to those who embrace the devil's narrative, known in the scriptures as the mark of the beast. Those who do not conform to the words of the new world order will be banned from society and exterminated. They will be destroyed in the name of peace and global harmony. Freedom of speech has nearly faded away. We have not mentioned wordsmiths like Unclean Hollywood or the large percentage of churches or the mainstream media and their complicity. Just know that the devil's dark, dark water, it runs deep. The following paragraphs were featured in part one and part two of this series. Satan's God-defying, word-changing scheme was demonstrated in a news release published March 2021 in the AFA Journal. This release was originally published January 2, 2021 on WashingtonTimes.com. Headline, U.S. House Adopts Gender-Neutral Terms. On January 4, the U.S. House of Representatives adopted rules disallowing offensive words such as he and she, claiming an effort to honor all gender identities. In addition to striking gender-specific pronouns and terms such as seaman and chairman, the resolution specifies unacceptable familial relationship terms. In Clause 8C3 of Rule 23, the following terms are rejected. Father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, nephew, 
niece, husband, wife, father-in-law, mother-in-law, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, stepfather, stepmother, stepson, stepdaughter, stepbrother, stepsister, half-brother, half-sister, grandson or granddaughter. Acceptable replacements are parent, child, sibling, parent's sibling, sibling's child, spouse, parent-in-law, child-in-law, sibling-in-law, step-parent, step-child, step-sibling, half-sibling, or grandchild. Franklin Graham responded to the nonsensical rules. God created them male and female, Genesis 1.27. This is shaking a fist in the Creator's face, trying to deny His authority, end of quote. Why would Satan's politicians push such draconian changes that most will find abhorrent? The purpose in changing the words is to bring about acceptance and the promotion and protection of destructive, lustful pursuits and outright perversions. The cancel culture is canceling God's designators of man and woman. The world's children are being entrapped in the LGBTQ, etc., etc. movement from cartoons to kindergarten to government. There is only one way of escape and deliverance. Immerse yourself in Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Do it every day. Going forward to the great taking up of the church and onward to Armageddon, the battle of words will intensify to the peak of destruction. Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's so childlike simple. Everything is made out of God's words. And in order for Satan to steal, kill, and destroy, he must change the words. Hold on tight. The ride on the way out of here will be hard. But be of good cheer, because Jesus said in Matthew 28.20, 20, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. His words are true and faithful. And that's how everything works. God said, Psalms 138, 1 and 2, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God said, Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God said, Revelation 13, verses 15 through 18. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Man said, God is a God of love. He knows how he made me, so he won't hold all my lust and filthy deeds against me. I'm just an animal, you know. Do you feel comforted, sinner friends? Now you have the record.